That's the last time you're going to hear that song. Okay, this is the end of our series on Plotline. I don't know about you. I've gotten sick of that song, but I did not get sick of this series. If you've been here throughout the summer, it has really been a learning experience for all of us about um, growing in our faith and the things that God wants to do in our lives, and it's been absolutely amazing for me. Um, Also, Starting next week, we're going to be going into another series called Certainty. We're going to be doing, going through the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, and we're going to be looking at all the words of certainty that Jesus communicates to us from his words. So I, I think in an uncertain time, it's really cool to get a hold of some certain words, not just positive thinking, but something that God says that we can hold on to. And we'll be going through the book of Luke. It's going to be really good. Um, Also, we've got Encounter coming up this Wednesday. On the first Wednesday of every month, we do Encounter. And our series is, right now, we're in the Holy Spirit. And what we're doing is we're creating a space. It's kind of of an X-Files space, you know. It's kind of like a Stranger Things kind of thing. It's a space where we are, we learn a little bit about the Holy Spirit, about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then uh, we, we try to practice them right there. It's like, really? Yeah, I mean, you're like, you get all prophetic and healing and, and tongues and all the other stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, 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 we're just, we're, we look weird. I mean, it, it's, it's definitely, but here's the thing. God invites us into his power. He gives us his power. And sometimes you have to get into a space that you can learn how to grow in that. You may be sitting here today, it's like, well, that's a little bit much. But it's not a little bit much for the scriptures, It's not a little bit much for what the Bible presents or the expectation that God gave to us through the Holy Spirit. So we invite you to come and join us on that first Wednesday. And then last, we are continuing to um, gather funds for our um, pastor from Afghanistan. And if you weren't here to hear about the story, he is is like the, the super real deal. You know, I preach the gospel in a very safe environment. At least it's been safe up to this point. But he's always been preaching the gospel in a heavily Muslim country that's adversarial uh, against Christianity, where the Taliban is very much now in power. And so when the United States pulled out of Afghanistan and all the chaos ensued, this man with his family were part of the, the Christian people pastoral team that were protecting people from being killed. Um, and they had to flee their homes and then to the point where his name was on a list to be killed by the Taliban. And so through a ministry here in Charleston, they smuggled him out of Afghanistan, got him to New York, and then he and his family are moving to Charleston. Uh, That's the reason why we can't tell you his name is because he's still on a list. So, but what we're doing is like three churches are buying him a house um, we're buying a minivan and another church is buying, I think, a car and all that. So we've asked you to c- connect with us on that. Um, none of the money that you are giving goes to cross town. None of your money goes to me. There is no administrative fee that the money's being used for, you know, cause it takes, it's real hard to move money from here to there. Um, none of that is happening. 100% that what you're giving is going to this this uh, pastor and his family's need. 
if you want a re financial reporting of this particular event, we will be more than happy to provide that to you. So I'm trying to remove every hindrance out of your way. Don't give to me, okay? And, you know, I'm not even asking you to give to this church. But I'll tell you what, this is the real deal. This is something that you want to be a part of. And we will make sure that every part of it will go to uh, provide for him and his family. So welcome to Crosstown. If this is your first time here, yeah, it's wicked loud. Um, but, you know, it's a gymnasium and uh, it's, you know, but we love God and we, we trust the name of Jesus. Our hope is through him, through his word, through the power of the Holy Spirit. We're in an age where fluff Christianity is falling apart. Um, you can't play Jesus anymore in our culture. You got to either get in it or you're, 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 you find yourself someplace else. And we are getting back to the plot line of what God is all about. So we've learned about this incredible story that God did from Genesis through the Torah, through the New Testament, uh, through the life of Jesus, through the work of the Holy Spirit that God creates, that God redeems, and that God recreates in people so that we can flourish, so that we can, we can be extensions of his life, restoring dignity to the world around us, being blessings to people around us. So it's only appropriate as the last part of our series, and we've talked about everything. We've talked about angelic beings. We've talked about heaven and hell. We've talked about atonement. We've, I mean, we've gone through it all. But today, our final plot point is going to be blessing and cursing. This is going to be very challenging today. And we're, we're, I, I, you're going to be uncomfortable at some point. I can almost guarantee you. So we're going to go into blessings and cursing. Let's watch. The story of the Bible begins with God bringing life out of darkness, ordering our beautiful world, and then blessing all of its creatures. Hold on, blessing. That's one of those funny religious words. Yeah, right. People say a blessing over their meal or after they sneeze. Or just a general way to say that things are going well for me. But in the Bible, a blessing is more specific. The first blessing in the Bible is when God creates animals and he blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the land. Ah, so God's blessing is about flourishing and multiplication of life. Right, it's when God shares his life-producing ability with others. Next, God gives humans an additional blessing that sets them apart from the animals. Not only are we one of God's creatures that can generate new life, we've also been appointed as God's representative image to rule and oversee this whole flourishing world on God's behalf. So part of our blessing is to take care of God's blessing for all creation. And God wants us to rule while trusting in his abundance, to eat from the tree of blessing, that is, the tree of God's own eternal life. Now there is another tree to eat from. Yes, and it represents this decision to try and seize abundance and life on our own terms by our own wisdom. The humans encounter a deceptive creature who tricks them into eating from this other tree, thinking it's a shortcut to blessing. And instead of blessing, this tree brings a curse. A curse? You mean like a magic spell? No, in the Bible, the curse is when God hands people over to the consequences of seizing our own blessing on our own terms. It's a curse because instead of abundance and life, we end up with scarcity, isolation, and death. So God curses the ground, and instead of fruitfulness, there will be famine. Instead of overseeing the world, they will have to work the land until they die. Man, 
But God also curses that deceptive creature that fooled the humans, saying that a human will come one day to destroy it. And that human will be born into a world of scarcity where men and women and families and tribes are all locked in violent conflict. If God's blessing is now covered with a curse, how can we flourish? Even more, how can we rule with God? Well, here the biblical story takes an interesting turn. God chooses one couple, Abraham and Sarah, and God blesses them and says they will become a huge family. Be fruitful and multiply. And there's more. God says that his blessing on Abraham and his family is for this larger purpose, so that through them, God's blessing can go out to all of the nations. So God's plan is to reverse the curse and restore the blessing by first blessing this one family. Right. And this family does experience God's blessing. Even when they journey through times of danger and scarcity, they grow into this huge nation, Israel. And God brings them to a mountain and invites them to be his representatives. Yes, God will bless Israel so that they can become a blessing to the nations. All they have to do is trust and live by God's wisdom. And they're told that this is a choice between life and death, between blessing and curse. Now keep reading because the Israelites almost never trust God for his blessing. Their story is filled with tales of deception, violent grabs for power, resulting in the ultimate curse, exile from their land and slavery to foreign nations. But Israel's prophets who lived through all of this, they still trusted in God's promise to Abraham. And they anticipated a future Israelite who would come to restore God's blessing and reverse the curse for Israel and for all the nations. When we turn to the story of Jesus, we find Israel still experiencing the curse, living as slaves to the Roman Empire. But Jesus, he so trusted in God's blessing, he claimed that it was arriving in a new way through himself. He wanted his followers to trust in God's abundance, to share and be generous. And he even taught his followers to bless people who curse them. Jesus would even reverse the curse by healing and restoring people's bodies. God's blessing is being unleashed. Jesus also confronted his fellow Israelites who were in power, and he accused them of getting in the way of God's plan to bless Israel and the nations through them. Those leaders arrest Jesus so they could have him killed. And instead of fighting back, Jesus believed that he was that chosen Israelite who would face the curse that Israel and all humanity deserves, and he would allow the curse to fall on him. Jesus dies the shameful death of a man under the curse. But just as God brought life and blessing out of darkness in the beginning, so here through Jesus, God reverses death by raising Jesus. The curse is put to death so that the blessing of God's life can spread out once again. After his resurrection, Jesus blessed his followers, and he said that his presence would be with them as they learned to trust in God's blessing and share with others. And while death and the curse still have a hold on our world, followers of Jesus trust that the power of God's blessing is even stronger. It means we can live with extreme generosity, even when it seems like there's not enough. And that leads us to the conclusion of the biblical story, where every nation is enjoying the gifts of God's abundance, because in God's new world that is sustained by the life-giving power of Jesus, there is no longer any curse. What a beautiful, illustrated presentation on this whole idea of blessing and cursing. Uh, we really have been blessed by these guys and the way that they've done that. Um, the reason why this is such a fitting way to end the series 
is because when you either decide to engage the plotline of God or to reject the plotline of God, I think this concept of blessing and cursing begins to emerge into our stories. So when we talk about blessing and cursing, I think we, we all bring some sort of bias to it of word usage. We use these words a lot of different ways, but we, you walked in here today and if I said, what's a blessing or what's a curse, you might lean in this particular direction. Blessings tend to fall into the world of happiness or pleasure or ease. That's what we tend to think about blessings. We tend to think about being at Turks and Caicos and we're sitting on a beach with a margarita or a, a, you know, a pina colada with a little umbrella in it and no kids, no nothing, you know, you're just out there, no husband, just out there enjoying yourself. I don't know how you could possibly find a blessing without your husband around. But, you know, that's what we've got in our minds. And then when you come back from a trip, we were so blessed, we were able to go on the beach, we were able to go to this and do all that. And we, we'll call that a blessing. Um, or maybe you go to the the mailbox, you open up, and there's a check from the IRS, and it's like, we overcharged you, and here's some money, and you're like, you know, hashtag blessed, you know, we push it out on Instagram, and, and that's what it is to be blessed, and then all of a sudden, you find a parking space at the store, and you're just, Lord, just bless me with a parking space, and you know, and you find one right near the door, you don't yield it to the handicapped, you don't yield it to the elderly, you don't yield it to somebody who can't walk as fast and as good as you, you're just blessed getting this wonderful parking space. You know, and we use that language. And then what we create is this disparity with people around us who aren't blessed in those kinds of categories. You know, it takes me and my wife five years to save up for a trip. Okay? It takes five years. That, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed of that. Uh, and I'm not embarrassed about that. And I'm not apologizing for that. It takes us five years. And some of you can go on three trips a year. But if you think you're blessed because you can take three trips from reality instead of overcoming in reality, I need to challenge what the concept of blessing is in your mind. We are a, we one of these first world kinds of countries, so we have a first world concept of what blessing looks like. And so you may be here today and you're not part of the traveling people and there's nothing wrong with traveling. I would have no problems traveling three times a year. No problem with that. But the idea is that I need to be careful about what I'm assigning blessing to because we usually surrounds pleasure, ease, and money, and happiness. Then cursings tend to be something that comes to us from another world, the dark arts, espeliamos. You know, that's what we think about cursings is that they are things that somebody said over us or something that the demonic forces are doing upon us. I am not saying that there isn't an influence that somebody can speak over you. I am not saying there aren't heavenly beings that interfere with the world. There are. But this idea that some of you may be living under, that you are cursed because you came from a broken family, that you're cursed because you deal with an addiction, that you're cursed because your stuff breaks. Speaking of that, my stuff breaks all the time. I, I, uh, um, me and Susan were, were going to replace the back doors on our house. We wanted to be able to have like, you know, open view to the, 
the marsh back there. We live on a little tidal creek, and, and we just want to be able to see the, you know, the uh, low tide as best as we could. And, and it was just like, we're going to fix this. And so it was going to cost a bunch of money. And I was out there in the yard, and I was looking at stuff, and I started poking on boards that hold up the deck and all this other stuff, and my finger went through it. And so there are these, these posts that hold the whole thing up. They're not sexy. They're not made with subway tile. You know, they're, they're not, you know, they're not gorgeous, but they just hold up my deck. And all that money that was going to go to these panoramic doors that were going to go on the back, all that $12,000 that we were going to put in that are going to replace those boards that are holding up the deck. It's like, wow, hashtag cursed, you know? But if I was able to get the, the beautiful kitchen redo or something like that, hashtag bless. I'm trying to help us see we're sick. We really are sick about what we think blessings are and what we think cursings are. And what we're going to find out today is that we're a little bit very much involved with blessing and cursing in our lives. There is a collective blessing that we all experience. We call it rain, we call it biology, we call it the sun, we call it community. There are also collective curses that we experience. We call it rain, we call it biology, we call it the sun, and the wrong kind of community. See, it's not like there is an intrinsic curse in stuff or being rich or being poor or being here or being there or being white or being black or being female or being male. There is no intrinsic curse that we don't all experience. Entropy is a scientific fact. It's built into the realm of thermodynamics and we all experience it. Whether you're a Christian or whether you're an atheist, we all experience resistance in our lives. But we also experience, you know, vegetables and sunny days. We all experience some good things in our life. The problem is when we find ourselves either misconceiving what blessing is and also putting ourselves into what we think cursing is. Jesus was talking to a group of people in Matthew 5:45. He said this. He's talking about God. He says, for God causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteousness. For if you love just those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do that? If you greet only your brothers, what, what are you doing more than others? Not even, uh, even the Gentiles do that. I mean, he's like, listen, how are you evaluating what is blessing and what is cursing? It's like, we all experience stuff in our lives. We experience good and evil, regardless if we are good and bad at times. We can experience good community, bad community. Uh, we can experience all kinds of things. So I'm trying to be simpler about this concept, I'm trying to be more pragmatic about, um, about this concept of blessing and cursing, because it's what you, you encounter more often. I believe blessing and cursing is the intrinsic effects we experience by walking either in the plot line of God or rejecting the plot line of God. There are things that are intrinsic that are 
that are built in that we experience negatively when we depart from God. And there are things that we experience that are intrinsically good when we are walking with God. So the plan of God is for us to flourish, be fruitful and multiply. That was the, the Genesis manifesto. The resurrection of the dead showed that God could make that happen from something that was dead, that he could animate a bad marriage, he can animate your life, he can animate your mind, he can, through the power of the Holy Spirit, can bring life where death is experienced. Against all odds, we can experience that, and God invites us to that. Blessings is the awareness and the fulfillment of flourishing following God. That's... That's what I think blessings are. Likewise, cursings are the impedances we experience when seizing life on our own terms. And, and I really like the word impedance. It's a pretty cool word, and we'll get into it in a little bit. Um, but blessings is when we're aware and we're walking with God and things. We experience this concept of blessing in our life, but also the cursing are things that, that we can bring into our lives that begin to impede flourishing. So let me just say right away, that doing things right doesn't always produce the results that you want. It doesn't always, just because you're a good person, just because you experience stuff. You know, sometimes, there's a verse that Jesus said, that he, he, he's, it's not like a settling for the, for like, okay, God didn't give me the best, so he gave me this phrase. This is actually the best phrase you can ever experience. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the rest that the Lord has prepared for you. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the rest. I mean, he's talking about death. And I know for all of us here, we're terrified of it. Um, we're opposed to it. We take gazillions of vitamins to avoid it. But this week, two incredibly godly women died, which most of us would say they died before their time. I don't believe any of them were, uh, neither of them were in their 60s, and one was in their 40s. One was an overcomer from an extreme drug addiction, and God just, she was part of the mentoring uh, experience here for women, and just flourished. I mean, overcame all odds through the power of God's word and the spirit of God, and, and, and she had the faith to, through the spirit of God and the word of God to literally like raise from the dead, a life that nobody would have bet on. She experienced life beyond heroin. We don't see that often. Another woman, incredibly godly, so much so that, I mean, a faithful lover of God that her and her husband together created the very ministry that's helping rescue people from Afghanistan and bring missions to places like Burma and build orphanages and schools where Christians are persecuted. Not the, not the easy places to, to missionize, but the difficult places. But these two women, full of God's spirit, and I'll go on record saying that, these two women died. And you're like, well, why didn't God bless them with a healing? I will tell you this. And I, and I am, I will fight you in our parking lot after church. I'm not joking. If you utter those words, 
that only unfaithful, sinful people who weren't, didn't have faith die too young, I will fight you because these two ladies were women of God. And also I will challenge you that your concept of blessing is so screwed up because the greatest thing you can ever hear from God is well done, good and faithful servant, enter into thy rest. How is rest not a great thing? I mean, if Turks and Caicos are considered good, how is not walking to eternal bliss with God not the ultimate good? Well, but if they had faith, they would have gotten healed. I'm telling you, I will. And you say, well, you're just running your mouth, Pastor Paul. Uh, a woman came up to me afterwards, after the first service, and she said, uh, Paul, they don't know you're serious. And I said, yeah, there's a little bit of hyperbole in it. And she goes, no, I, when my grandmother was dying 15 years ago, you were in the hospital room with, my, with me, my mother, and my grandmother, and one other woman. And uh, while my grandmother was dying, the other woman said, well, she must have had sin in her life. And I said, what did I do? It's like, you told her to get out of the room. It's like, get that crap concept of faith out of here. We live, we die, we rise again in Christ. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed is the name of the Lord. And if that is not a good enough for America, and if it's not a good enough for you, there is no other Christianity. I'm, I'm telling you, it's, you say, wow, this is kind of strong. Well, you know, when you're 63 and you have a bad back and, you know, I'm not over the hill, but I can see it from here. Um, you begin to get real about your faith. And when I was 30, I really believed God just wanted me healthy, wealthy, and wise. And he just wanted to bless me because I'm a white American and white Americans deserve to be blessed. Okay, I'm telling you, every one of us walked in here with a bias about what blessing looks like. And if heaven's not good enough for us, then I'm willing to bet we got a skewed concept of blessing. My grandson is in, sorry. I just get jacked up too much. <laughs> but, but my grandson's in Kenya right now for the next couple of weeks. He's like 15, plays too much video games, looks at girls a little bit too hard. Um, but, you know, all those things. But he's in Kenya right now, and he sent me a picture, uh, or somebody sent me a picture. He's in a crowd. There's a bunch of kids around him, and they're laughing. He's in his fist pumping a, a bunch of kids, and they're all just having a good time. And he's like 6'2", and, and the kids around him are real small and all this other stuff. And, and I'm looking at him, and it's like, Oh my goodness, what, what that is blessing, you know? It's like, he, I don't think he's gonna throw a touchdown pass. I don't think he's gonna play in the NFL. I don't think he's probably gonna be incredibly wealthy. All the things that we would say, wow, he was really blessed. He's in Kenya and I'm blessed. But here's what I noticed. In the picture, I looked at all the kids that were surrounding him and they weren't. We're in Kenya, we're black, we're poor, we hate life because we're not Americans. 
That wasn't it at all. They were happy. They were vibrant. They were alive. And if you asked them, they would tell you they were blessed. Why? Because being blessed is knowing God. Being blessed is walking in the principles of God. Whether you're white or black, rich or poor, whether you're on a beach in takes and Caicos, whatever that thing's called, or whether you're sitting in Goose Creek. I, I shouldn't make Goose Creek be like the hell. I kind of did that. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. I lived in Goose Creek for 20 years, so, so I just want to let you know, but it's not hell. <laughs> I just want to let you know. Uh, see, we all have biases that, are, that drop into our heads. Psalm 1 is a wonderful picture of the illustration of what it means to be blessed and how choices, choices are very much involved in being blessed or in this concept of flourishing. Listen to this beautiful word picture that the psalmist gives us. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor in this, uh, sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. No mention of salary. No mention of, of you know, being white or black. No mention of square footage. No mention of location, location, location. Just talking about how this person is engaging with God and how this person is engaging with the world and the effect that it has on him as an individual. See, this is a picture of flourishing through the alignment with God's plot line. See, in, in my definition of cursing, I use the word impedance. Now, this is a really cool word, and I wanted to do an illustration on engine, electrical engineering. I really did, because impedance really does come from, us, from that world. Um, and just so I can tell you, I know a little bit about it. It's a total, total of resistance and reactance uh, to the flow of electricity in an electrical surf, circuit. So it's kind of like, the easiest way to do it is like, electricity wants to get there. Um, impedance is kind of like, hey, hey, you know, slow down there a little bit. It's kind of like the pushback that occurs. Um, and, and one of the things, the byproducts of electrical impedance is heat. See, God wants us to get there. God wants us to become all that he's created us to become, new creations in Christ. He wants us to grow. He wants our marriages to flourish. He wants our parenting to be rich. He wants our friendships to be enduring. He wants our word to have character. He wants our impact to have strength. But when we begin to walk off the plot line, we begin to add impedance on the circuit. We begin to affect the flow of that kind of success into our lives. But since I'm not going to talk about the electrical part, and I realize I just did, I asked God to kind of give me some insight of how does impedance work in, in the world of the tree, the man planted by 
living waters. Like, what does that kind of impedance look like? And so I, I really didn't know how to work that out. So I'm going to tell you how I got this. Because you need to know that God talks, that God speaks to regular people like you and me. And that God is still moving through his Holy Spirit, who we talked about last week, and, and, and um, uh, animates, empowers people. So we had a week of prayer, which was absolutely amazing. Best week of prayer we've ever had. And uh, one of the nights I was on security team. We do have security here at Crosstown. You may see men and women standing around the building in places and you're wondering, they're all wired up. They're all, you know, they're connected to the police officer. Yeah, we're really high tech around here. So we have that security. Well, I was, I was security. Good luck with that. You know, so I was in the back and everybody was praying on Wednesday night. So I'm in the back and everybody's praying. I'm just thinking about today's sermon. I'm thinking, okay. And then I'm thinking about the word impedance. Like, you know, God, I just going to have to let this word go because it doesn't fit the metaphor. And I'm telling you, no lie, I just kind of like, God just kind of have to help me here. In living color, it lasted for about less than half a second. An image in motion was given to me. You say, wow, this is really weird. We need to go to another church. Let me tell you, if you go to another church and the pastor does not talk about hearing from God, you need to find another church, okay? My sheep will hear my voice. We line it all up with scripture. We test everything. But so it was like, this is what impedance looks like. And so I'm like, wow. So I found on the web, I found the exact representation and expression. I mean, this is exactly what I saw in a split second. I want you to see what impedance looks like in the biological world. The scripture talks over and over again about locusts and grasshopper. I want you to look at this image, and I think you were supposed to see this image, because I want you to see that that leaf could be your marriage right now. That, that leaf could be your parenting and your impact on your children. That leaf could be your thought life. That leaf could be the future impact that you could have in the world around you. And that it is, can be devoured. You see, this tree that we're talked about, it puts out leaves. And what are leaves? Solar panels. They're solar panels that connect and, and allow photosynthesis to occur. They have the ability to absorb moisture from the air. And then the tree begins to produce fruit and it, it becomes this amazing, impactful, um, fruitful tree. But when we allow compromise to come into our lives, when we deviate from the plot line of God, what we are allowing and what we are introducing is an impedance to God's best in our lives. That we're settling for less and slowly and it begins to gnaw away, begins to eat at the leaf, it begins to eat at our attitude, begins to eat at our faith, it begins to eat at so many things in our lives when we begin to introduce this bug of impedance into the, the world that we live. Listen to the statements of impedance in that one verse. 
These are the bugs that he's talking about. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, there's an impedance, nor stand in the path of sinners, there's an impedance, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. You let those three bugs loose out on your life and it will eat every leaf you got. You let those three bugs into your marriage where you scoff and mock and walk in the counsel of your girlfriends or your buddies and you begin to go that way, all of a sudden your leaf is beginning to get eaten up. And we're told that this guy makes a decision that he's not going to walk in these and that he's going to walk, stand, and sit in something else, but not in these impedances. I also think it's interesting that he talks about walking, standing, and sitting. What are all those? Postures. Postures. Think about your posture right now. Because we get all freaked out. Why is my life not working out? Well, what's your posture look like? You know, I go to physical therapy for my back and my neck, and, and so the gal will watch me. She'll say, okay, yeah, walk across there. And it's like, and, and, and I'll walk. You know, across. You know, and then she'll point out, okay, the reason why your right hip is hurting is because you're kind of dragging your right foot, and the reason why your neck's hurting is because you're doing this with it all the time, and, and, and it's like, what? She goes, yeah, let's take a look at your posture. It's affecting the overall pain quotient of your life. So she begins to correct my neck usage. She began to change the way that I walked. And it's like, well, you're 63, aren't you? Aren't you past the baby state? It's like, no, we're never too old to be a learner, a lover, and a leader. Okay? You don't outgrow this kingdom of God stuff. And so through altering my posture... It changes what I get out of life. So right now, what is your posture towards your marriage? How are you reclined towards your children? How are you walking with the people that are around you? Because they can become your buds. And it can be the thing that's eating up the very leaf that you want to produce. We have a choice on the impedances that happen in our lives. God has built us a system. It's an amazing system. You're all civil liberties people. I don't want to wear a mask. I won't wear a mask. I'll wear a mask. I won't wear a mask. You can't make me get an injection. I'll get an injection. I'll get a, don't get the injection. Get the second injection. Get the third injection. And all of us fought, didn't we? Good for us. We're good fighting people who don't want to be told whatever. You know why? It's because God said, I'm going to make you with significant choices and your choices are real. And Galatians 6, 7 says, here's what you need to remember about your choices. Do not be deceived. Be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. Your choices can be the very source that are producing the blessing of God or the cursing that we experience in our life. You know, God doesn't want me to succeed. Really? He died on a cross and rose again so that you may have new life. God doesn't want me to have peace. God doesn't want me to, you know, have self-control. God, it's like, I'm cursed. Really? I mean, he took on death and won. But rather, we are called to align ourselves with God for flourishing. 
I love this. It says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And I thought about, why is the word meditate in there? Because it's this. Meditating is a mental posture. Before you produce your physical posture, you produce a mental posture. Right now, some of you are like, I can't wait till this is over because I want to go home and lay on the couch and watch football. Okay, you're already picking your posture for the future with your, by your posture of your mind. You know, um, do you think a man just wakes up in the morning and goes to work and then cheats on his wife? That was a heck of a thing. How'd that happen? You know, how did I get here? I can't believe it. That's, how did that happen? It's like, no, there was a mental posture that preceded a physical posture in life. And, and God wants to challenge, what, what is, what's going on in your head? How are you, how are you uh, reclining your mind? What are you thinking about? You know, you're asking yourself, how did I get here? Why did God let this happen to me? Or, or you know, I'm cursed or whatever. It's like, hold on, hold on now. You know, let's think rightly here on what's going on in this moment and, and begin to look it's like, am I impeding my own progress? I love the verse that comes out of Luke 9, 25. Jesus says, for what is a man profitous, prophet, hashtag blessed, if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? See, this is a direct challenge to the American concept of blessing. And he's like, you call that blessed? You lost you. You lost your wife. You lost your family. You lost your influence. And he's like, why, why are you calling that blessing? Because I'll tell you right now, my back feels fine, okay? I mean, I'm serious. I'm ready to play a sport named after a vegetable. I mean, pickleball, here I come. You know, I'm ready to go. Simon's back there in the booth. He too has a bad back. He don't feel so good today. His back's hurting. So what am I supposed to go over there to Simon and say, Simon? I'm blessed. Sorry, you're cursed. He loves God more than I do. I'm serious. Well, how do you know that? It was because he lives with more pain and still shows up every Sunday and loves God and doesn't get paid to do it. I'd say that's pretty hardcore. Thank you, Simon. Okay? I could, I could bring Stokes up here. He's going to hate me for this. Stokes is an amazing guy. If you haven't met him, he prays like nobody's business. I stand over He's a little shorter than me. Blessing or curse? Seriously. We're supposed to do tall, dark, and handsome? But seriously, Americans, is he, is he cursed because he's shorter? Oh, that's not, the, that's not the real curse. You put him next to me and he takes his hat off? Blessed? He's as bald as the moon at harvest time. Okay? <laughs> okay? Is he blessed or is he cursed? See, we think, well, I've been blessed with a full head of hair. Really? Is that what it's about? You know, these two women who died, they're in heaven. They heard their Savior say, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm still running the race down here. They've already entered into a rest. Well, I'm blessed because I live near a tidal creek. Didn't stop my deck from rotten. 
you know? It's like, well, I'm blessed because I got a new car. I'm blessed because I got this, or I'm blessed because whatever. It's like, oh man, it's all about God. It's all about flourishing, about life. Some of you folks are the wealthiest people in this city and your marriages suck. Your kids hate you, but you're blessed. Hashtag, I'm being an idiot up here so that you won't be one at home. Because God does want to bless us. Scripture does say, may you prosper as your soul prospers. But I sure hope it doesn't get ahead of your soul because your prosperity will ruin you otherwise. God does want good things for our lives. And I ask him for good things in our lives. But I need to realize that he has given me the better thing. That's his son. That's his spirit. It's the promise of resurrection. That's got to be good enough. It's good enough for the people of Kenya. One of the verses that I've relied on all my life is this. comes out of the Amplified Version of the Scriptures, and it's a very reliable version, but it reads this way. It kind of breaks out all the words and how they could have been translated, but it reads this way. Trust, lean on, rely on, and be confident in the Lord. That's what it means to trust. Isn't that interesting? Like posture words. Posture of the mind. And do good. So you shall dwell in the land and feed surely on his faithfulness and truly you shall be fed. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires and secret petitions of your heart. He knows the things that concern you. Commit your way to the Lord, roll and repose. Isn't that, I love that. That's kind of like being on a a, a chaise lounge. Roll and and recline yourself, uh, each of your cares and load upon him Trust, lean on, rely on, and be confident also in him, and he will bring it to pass. That's what God's, it's like, so, so what do I got to do, Pastor Paul? Delight, commit, and trust in the Lord. Delight, commit, and trust in the Lord. Psalm 1 ends and says, and he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and his leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. God wants us to flourish. God wants to kill the impedances that are in our life. So if you're here today and you're like, hope for your mistakes, what do you do if you're 63 and you have kind of like screwed it all up? It's probably like, most of us here, right? Nobody's studying here with a clean slate. You know, we all walked in here with stuff that we probably messed up. Maybe, maybe a son we, we weirded out. Maybe a daughter we didn't spend enough time with. Maybe a friendship we screwed up. Maybe a marriage we ran out on. All those things. We've all, we're all capable of them all. But God causes flowers to grow where you least expect it. Back in Boston, the, the winters are long and they're hard and, and someplace in like May you think the snow plows will finally go away roads are all dirty salt and sand on it sand is still there but in the middle of the winter a little phenomenon occurs doesn't matter I think it's usually about February when you think all life is over 
this little flower appears. It's called a crocus. And I don't know how it does it, but in the middle of the snow, in the middle of the winter, it just kind of sticks its head up and it blooms. And I can remember as a young kid going out and looking at them and just, it's like, how come this thing's not frozen? How did this thing happen? And it always has served as a lesson in my mind that no matter how bad life is for you, that underneath it all, there is this ground of love and compassion and the will of God that has the ability through forgiveness and mercy to push flowers through at the hardest time of your life. There are new beginnings. Remember that little grandson I was boasting about being on a missions trip in Kenya? There's another nice part of his story. I've been divorced and remarried and now married to my wife, my second wife, I hate to refer her to that as that, but for uh, like 35 years. That grandson is from my first wife. So why is that important? Because some of you think that because you went through a divorce, your life is over. Some of you think that because you are sharing custody with your child, your child is screwed up for life or you've messed it all up. You know, it's amazing that that child is in Kenya. That child got the faith. So don't give up on wherever you are. No matter how deep the snow is in your life, how negative the experiences that you are having, that if you are in Christ, God is not cursing you. There's not something about you or this spot where you stand that God hates and he loves them and he hates you. No, in Christ, the blessings of God are yes and amen. It's that God, whether we're rich, poor, white or black, male or female, American or whatever, God wants us to flourish, be trees of that are bringing forth fruit and leaf and to be planted by streams of living water. I'll close with this. For those of you who are like me, who have messed up a thousand times, who have dealt with and deal with addictions, who have had a step-parent, who have had to parent from afar, who have messed up your family, let me read to you what comes to us from Joel chapter two. He talks about impedances and he talks about them as bugs. Thus says the Lord, O rejoice, O sons of Zion, and be glad in the Lord your God. The threshing floor will be full of grain and the vats will overflow with new wine and oil. Then I will make up to you for the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the creeping locust, grasshopper, the stripping locust, and the gnawing locust. Creeping, stripping, gnawing. Maybe you feel like your life is a leaf that has been stripped, creeped, and gnawed. And God says, if you'll trust in me, 
I'll give you back your life. I'll give you back your life. And I wanted to say here, can I just throw this out? We, we're really good for church as churches. If you're the one that got cheated on, the guy that's got a life for you, if you're here and you did the cheating, you are no less endowed today by the mercy and the forgiveness of God to bloom like that flower. You know, we always go with the victim. If you're a culprit like me, I mean, I've caused all my own trouble. I don't even blame the devil for anything because I do most of, my, most of my own damage. I'm here to tell you, I am a flower that has bloomed in the winter and that God's inviting you to bloom in the hardest of times. Lean not to your own understanding. Roll your works upon him. Incline, recline, repose your worst fear, your worst mistake. Roll it upon him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable with his will. Thereby, your plans will succeed and be established. Father God, we come here into this moment in a winter. For some of us, you have spoken to us about what we call hashtag blessing. And Lord God, blessings are not found in the bottom of a pina colada. Blessings are not found in square footage or subway tile or in the cockpit of a Lexus. There's nothing wrong with those things at all. But that's not blessing. And it doesn't mean that we are hated and despised by God because our tools break, because our deck needs to get fixed, because we get sick, because we die, because we have a hard time, because we lust, because we fight addictions. But to all of us, you offer flourishing, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. In America, in Goose Creek, in Kenya, in being white, black, male, female, married, divorced, single, rich or poor. For those who are in Christ, the promises of God are all yes, and amen. And I pray, Lord God, as you have reordered things today, may all of us hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant, not only when we die, but I'd like to hear them right about now. And I can live in such a way that brings you honor. Lead me in that way, even if it hurts my back even if I never play another sport. Lead me in the way of understanding. Lead me in the path of righteousness that I may hear those beautiful words spoken over my life.